Hey folks, Gerald Kirk here, and I'm excited to share that this season of the Higher Ground Society podcast is supported in part by the Alabama Humanities Alliance, a state affiliate of the National Endowment of the Humanities. Any views, findings, conclusions, or recommendations expressed in this podcast episode do not necessarily represent those of Alabama Humanities Alliance or the National Endowment for the Humanities. Now, let's get to the show. Next, let's talk about what you have so graciously contributed to um, the Patchwork Symphony process, uh, the, the album itself. Um, first of all, I want to know how you came across the the project itself and how you came to submit your music. Um, so there were there were two two ways that I came across it. The first time it was in. Um, a Facebook group. It was like North Alabama musicians union or something like that. It was, it's just a Facebook group for North Alabama musicians wanting to find gigs and wanting to network and things like that. Mm-hmm. And someone had posted about it there and I just didn't really think much of it. Cause I just thought, Oh, well, this is, you know, that's interesting, but okay. And then my sister who is also a trained musician sent me a link to the patchwork symphony project. And she was like, I think you'd really enjoy this. And I think you should submit to it. Um, my, my older sister, Amy uh, is more on the classical side of things. She has a doctorate in piano and teaches at a university in Arizona. Um, but she knows that I'm more on the singer songwriter side of music and more, you know, into that world. And so she was like, this looks like it'd be a really great opportunity for you. Why don't you submit to it? Mm-hmm. So when, when she brought it to my attention, I had already seen it once, but I had kind of just dismissed it and yeah. didn't think I would be a part of it. But then when she brought it to my attention, I was like, you know, maybe I will, um, you know, if Amy says this is a good opportunity, maybe it's not, you know, maybe it's actually pretty decent. So um, I waited until, until, I don't think it was the final deadline, but it was what I thought was the deadline at the time. <laughs> and literally, literally, like, it, it may have been something like, I recorded it on March 31st and sent it in on April 1st or something sure. similar like that. Like, it, it was, I had, I was at the very up to the wire on, on the timing. And, um, I, uh, had, so that, that was actually where my collaboration with my dad started. Um, I had him, I asked him, gave him the chords and the lyrics and asked if he could play the guitar for me while I recorded it. Um, so that I wouldn't have to play guitar and sing at the same time and have to think about both parts. Um, and so we recorded, um, we recorded with just vocals and guitar and sent it in. And, um, but yeah, that's how I found out about it. Um, you know, first through a Facebook group, but then the more meaningful connection was my sister saying, Hey, you should, you should look into this. 
That's beautiful. I'm so glad it worked out that way um, because we're so glad to have you to be a part of the project. Um, and yeah, thank you so much for bearing with the whole experience. There are several deadlines. We we, we did, it took us a while to you know take in folks for the project, but I think it it served us well. Everything happened the way that it needed to because um, your your uh, song was definitely a, a, a pleasant surprise, and I was very excited to hear it in the the mix of submissions. Um, and so. And just looking at all the details, how did you record? You said you recorded it with your dad. Was it like on a cell phone or something or? It was on a cell phone. I, I just recorded it. It's funny because I recorded video, but I recorded it on my phone. And But I wasn't worried about the video because I was just kept, I was mainly concerned about capturing the audio. Yeah. And so you're throughout the whole video, you're looking at the ceiling and you can see a little bit of my forehead. <laughs> it's just kind of like, I'm just kind of holding it there trying to capture the audio. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, but yeah, I recorded video on my phone and then I took it to my computer and I have a little, um, have a little program called format factory. And I used that to kind of rip the audio from the video and make it an instant, make it into an MP3 and send that, sent that in. Excellent. Yeah, that's one of our first conceptualized the project. I literally wanted it to be very accessible. I didn't want people to feel like they had to come in and and record like um, or submit like a, a demo that was in the, the studio. And it actually says mm -hmm. on the website, I think, is, you know, people can submit you know something that they recorded on their phone or like a cassette tape or something you know, like. Yeah. It, so I'm so glad to hear that you, you, you were one of the ones who went that route um, and it paid off. Right. It was great um so yeah so the song that you submitted it was already intriguing just by the title of it and i was like huh what's this going to be about with well, the song that emily submitted is called little bonsai tree um and tell us where you got that title from and like where the how the song was inspired um so i got the title from um and sort of i guess the concept at the same time kind of from a uh a poem by Marge Piercy okay. um, called A Work of Artifice. Mm -hmm. And in the poem, she talks about, she uses the imagery of a bonsai tree to describe someone who, someone who is being kept small and limited by other people. Mm -hmm. And I, I kind of, I kind of want to read the poem because it's not very long. Um, of course. Go for it. She, um, and Marge Piercy is using this, um, kind of as a as a commentary on how people view womanhood and femininity um, in our society. Mm -hmm. But um, she says, the bonsai tree in the attractive pot could have grown 80 feet tall on the side of a mountain till split by lightning. But a gardener carefully pruned it. It is nine inches high. Every day, as he whittles back the branches, the gardener croons, it is your nature to be small and cozy, domestic and weak. How lucky, little tree, to have a pot to grow in. With living creatures, one must begin very early to dwarf their growth. The bound feet, the crippled brain, the hair and curlers, the hands you love to touch. And so it's kind of this, um, kind of this, kind of dark um but it's this this idea of like you know um from from the perspective of marge piercy's poem she's saying you know women have been told our entire lives that like 
and I think this is getting better, but, but, you know, we've been told our entire lives that we are the damsel in distress who must wait for the prince to come rescue us, or we are the um, ones who are supposed to be domestic in the home, or we are mm-hmm. the ones who are supposed to, you know, be small and gentle and pretty and always get smaller and always, you know, lose weight and this, mm-hmm. this, that, and the other, and mm-hmm. all sorts of things like that. Um and it's getting better, you know, we're getting better messages for young women um, that they can be that they can be the heroes of the story or that they can save themselves or they can save each other. Like, uh, I, I hate to make a Disney reference, but like Frozen, you know, sisters sure. can save each other. It doesn't have to be romantic love and, you know, stuff like that. And so um, I think, you know, the messages are getting better. Um, for the younger generations but i definitely grew up in the 90s when we were still being you know sold the the bill of goods with like you know wait for your prince to come rescue you and Mm -hmm. all this sort of stuff so (laughs) yeah that's great and i think it actually ties it shows up in your your lyrics so let's let's get into some of these these lyrics if you don't mind did you be into that yeah Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, well, we could just start from the top and go down. Like, so it's yeah. like, I don't want to be a little bonsai tree in a the tiny little pot that always stifles me. So, again, this sounds like like you're just mentioning it comes from lived experience. So, like, let's let's let's, let's go through it. Let's how what that it's it's very defiant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's um, so when I was writing my song, I wasn't writing it so much from the perspective of women in general, but I was writing from my perspective as what I call myself a recovering people pleaser. Sure. Um, So as someone who has always tried to make other people happy and always tried to be a people pleaser and always tried to, to do what's going to be okay with everybody and, you know, kind of keep the peace and all that sort of stuff. It's this feeling of, I don't want to do that anymore. Um, Mm. And kind of, I don't want to be, I I don't want to be subject to other people's opinions telling me what I should and should not be. Mm -hmm. And so if other people's opinions are telling me that I should be a pretty little bonsai tree in an attractive pot, then I want to break free from the pot and grow 80 feet tall on the side of a mountain. And so that's Mm -hmm. kind of what where the next line comes in. I don't want to be a little bonsai tree in a tiny little pot that always stifles me. I want to grow tall on the side of a mountain free. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a similar uh, imagery with water. Don't want to be water in a garden fountain. Um, so don't want, I don't want to be contained in a, a little you know, just a little bird bath in the, in the family <laughs> lawn, yeah. you know, I want to want to be crashed in down the side of a mountain, never contained, never trapped, never tamed, but free. Um, yeah. And that kind of, that kind of ties into one of my goals in life, which is 
to be a crazy old lady who doesn't give a care what anybody else thinks about her. Sure. And so I've, you know, I'm a recovering people pleaser who has always cared so much about what other people think. And yet my goal has always been to not care, um, mm-hmm. to live my life the way that I really want to, to be honest and authentic about who I am and not to be influenced by other people's opinions. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of that, that, that feeling of being enclosed in a pot is like that feeling of being the recovering people pleaser. But then like that feeling of being free on the side of a mountain is like, this is who I want to be. Like, this is where I really want to be. Yeah. And I think you put it so eloquently. um, The, the imagery that you used in the, in this song, it it just pairs so beautifully with the the melody and the sounds and everything. Um, But, and so one of the other things that you talked about, um, the other lines that I like don't want to be a passive little character waiting just to see what's going to happen to her I mean that's really encouraging um for people if they need like that kind of extra just little nudge to just do what they want to do for like the next thing if they've been waiting to do something that's like Mm -hmm. yeah like you're saying hey I don't necessarily you don't you're giving the people permission to go and pursue these 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 lives that they're dreaming of and again Mm -hmm. i think it's just really powerful the uh, way that you wrote this song and uh thank you for doing so Uh, but talk more (laughs) about that if you if you if you have any other thoughts on that that particular line i thought was pretty great yeah um that's kind of where i guess some of the commentary on femininity comes in because i've always i was always taught that like a woman is passive and like Mm -hmm. you have to um, like if you're dating, you have to wait for the man to make the first move and, mm-hmm. you know, that sort of thing. And, and like, you can't, if you like someone, you can't just go ask him out. That's like too forward or too, you know, yeah. whatever. But, um, but, you know, just this idea of like, okay, I don't want to be passive. I don't want, I want to, and, you know, romantic relationships aside, you know, this is applicable to any genre Absolutely. in life, but like, you know, I, I don't want to just sit here and let life happen to me. I want to make, um, I want to make proactive choices about how I can create the life that I want. Um, and what choice, what choices can I make to create the life that I want? Mm -hmm. Well, again, a very triumphant, victorious, (laughs) a defiant uh, declaration of a song. And I'm so glad that you are out here helping people realize that through your music. It's a very um, beautiful experience. Um, Again, apart from the lyrics itself, the instrumentation, going back to the way you you, you wrote this is instrument wise. um, Mm -hmm. The submission was very uh, sparse, which was, again, was fine. We weren't looking for a fully produced thing, um, but I think in in the intake, meetings that we were doing you 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 let us know that the guitar itself was nashville tuned will you tell us a little bit more about that and and the mm-hmm. decision to do, to do that um i i can the uh we my dad and i decided to use a guitar that had nashville tuning which is basically if I remember correctly, it's basically the lower the lower three strings of a regular guitar and the higher three strings, the highest three strings from like a twelve string. So when okay. when they do a twelve string guitar, um, a lot of the strings are tuned in octaves. So it's like the higher three strings are actually an octave higher than they would be normally. Okay. 
if that makes sense. So it's like, so the, so the sound and the, and the quality of the sound was all a lot higher than just a regular guitar. Sure. Um, and I, I had wanted to do it on ukulele and have that kind of higher sound, but I didn't own a ukulele at the time. And so that's why we chose to use the Nashville tuning on the guitar. Mm -hmm um was to kind of get that higher timbre and that higher sound and the reason why i wanted to do that was to kind of um echo and mirror the idea of the tiny bonsai tree the tiny little you know just all these tiny tiny little things versus growing tall and 80 feet tall on the side of a mountain so um but then um as you mentioned when we were talking in our intake uh appointment we um we had talked about like wanting to start small but then really grow into the music as it mm -hmm. went forward because that's kind of what the words do is mm -hmm. saying you know the wanting to get away from this little bonsai pot and into deeply rooted in the ground and really you know really solid and and growing strong and free <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think we we uh, we did a good job of capturing that. You definitely did a good job of of uh, directing us in the the, mm -hmm. the recording process. Um, so again, let's go back into the instrumentation. We have the Nashville tune guitar, um, and you said ukulele, which you you mm -hmm. so you're, you're, let's 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 do the whole thing. So your dad played the Nashville tune guitar, the track, and then oh, I, he actually just played the regular. We didn't do the Nashville tuning on the track. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because then you have yeah. To because we had the ukulele on the track. Right. Um, so um, so we have the ukulele on the track. We had guitar. Um, and then I really, I had originally wanted um, kind of a cello sound, but mm -hmm. we ended up going with a string bass, which ended mm -hmm. up being um, like a really happy, uh, like a really happy happening. Mm -hmm. um, like, it's like, oh man, we can't find a cello, but hey, this is going to work even better. And it, it worked even better. And um, the, so to have the string double, double bass and then the violin um, and then the drums and the shaker and the percussion. And yeah. Uh, yeah. And that was, and so again, the one of the beauty, beautiful aspects of this project is it, it, it's a it's a you know, high-grass society in and of itself is a community-driven organization. So um, we, we sourced out musicians from the communities that we were recording in to be a part of the recording sessions. And so we had Ryan Brown playing the bass, who's a local Birmingham musician, and um, Haley Black, who also played the violin. And mm -hmm. um, I sat in on drums, which is, woo, <laughs> it was fun. Uh, but uh, yeah um and that was it was a beautiful experience of having you've never met these folks before but then the, the chemistry and the way you guys work together was really really great don't you so to, yeah, tell us more about that experience of that recording day the experience was really great um uh, as as you know we kind of ran into a couple of technical hiccups at the beginning um yeah. with uh the computers and stuff like mm -hmm. that so we were a little delayed in getting our stuff started but once the process got started um it was just really, really great. Um, like, cause I could kind of hear in my head kind of how I wanted the whole thing to kind of go together. Mm -hmm. And we were, um, while the computers were down, we were able to sit down and kind of rehearse and I was able to say, okay, so I want more here and less here. And, mm -hmm. and everyone worked so well with, um, you know, I, I, I did my best to direct 
well and and but I feel like everyone did such a great job with like going along with what I was asking of them and mm -hmm. and um you know less instruments here and more instruments here and kind of filling in these different spots in the in the song um and so then when we recorded it um e when we recorded each individual track mm -hmm. um I was able to kind of hear it in the context of okay how is this going to sound when we're all put back together again and um and it was really it was just it was a really exciting and life-giving experience to oh. like see and hear each of the parts being put together i have to echo that it was great it was it was great just watching you work and honestly so going into this i don't fancy myself to be a producer of any sort i mean i have some ideas and things but this the whole experience is for to be able to give artists the agency to create you know, do the the magic themselves in the in the studio and you seize that by the by the neck and you you really really took us to town and it was great it was great working underneath underneath your direction um i think it pays off because the song sounds really great too um yes. so yeah so what do you think was your favorite part of the whole experience aside from i have to let everybody know emily came in on her birthday she's been her birthday actually recording this music and we tried to have a little celebration so aside from you know a little celebration aspect what was your favorite part of the day um, I think my favorite part of the day was, this is going to sound kind of emotional and nostalgic, but I think my favorite part of the day was sitting in and listening to my dad record his track. Yeah. Um, like that was just super special for me. Like I've always, so, um, you know, I, I grew up in a small church and my dad played guitar. And when I got old enough, I started playing piano for the church too. Mm -hmm. And so we would, we would always play together, but we don't actually have any recordings of us playing together mm -hmm. until now. And it was just, it's just like, I'm all, you know, I'm always going to have this, like this recording where we got to collaborate on this project. I mean, we've played together countless times, mm -hmm. but I'm always going to have this recording and have this, um, have this moment to you know save of like we got to work together on this project and it was really cool yeah oh you rather make me tear up <laughs> <laughs> no because then i felt that because i think your relationship between the two of you is very obvious like you're very loving and warm and everything you guys brought that in with you whenever you came in together into the the firehouse community arts center where we recorded there in birmingham and uh, I could feel that that bond that you guys have to music. And it is very special to witness that. So you don't need my co-sign, but ditto. That was, that was a very awesome <laughs> moment for sure. That was it. Um, so again, uh, is there anything else you'd like to share about the song and the making of it? Again, uh, just before we go on to our next section. Um, I can't think of anything right now. I think we've we've been pretty thorough with both of them. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So, folks, please um, stay tuned to the end of the show to listen to um, Little Bonsai Tree, Emily Fincher's um, incredible contribution to the Patchwork Symphony Project. So we're getting towards the end of our conversation. Thank you so much so far um, for being such a great guest. Uh, just a few more questions. I'm curious. Um, you know, since we, we've talked about, um, you know, what goes into your writing and what you pour into it, but what are you hoping people get out of your music whenever they listen to it? Um, 
I think if I could sum it up in one word, um, both of the songs that I have out right now are very much, um, very much have the, the theme and the idea um, that they share of freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I was first putting together my first song, So Long, um, I was wanting to put together a full EP and I didn't get to make yeah. that happen. But um, I was going to call it the Freedom EP because it was going to be all of these songs that had to do with um, liberation and freedom and, and you know, just the joy that comes from that. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, when it comes to the type of music that I tend to write, um, it, it, walk, it walks the whole journey. Um, like I, I have some that, you know, were written in the depths of depression and definitely, you know, um, reflect that. And, um, but I guess just the songs that I've shared so far and that I want to share um, are the songs that even if they start in a dark or a difficult place, they're songs that I want to really see grow into something more and, and help someone make that emotional journey um, from perhaps darkness and depression to something that is more triumphant and more um, freeing and more open. Sure, sure. Well, I don't think that'll be missed at all. It's very straightforward and to the point. And it, it is, it's a, it's a, I mean, for me, every, it's so funny because I think a few days after we recorded Little Bonsai Tree, people who were, um, who worked on it, like Ryan and Haley, they're like, yep, yeah, this has definitely been stuck in my <laughs> for the last few few days. And uh, it's good. It's good to have something like that, a little nice, positive, liberating earworm like that, um, that kind of keeps us going through the day. So again, I can't thank you enough for the work that you're putting out into the world. It's, I think it's going to be received just the way you'd like for it to. Um, yeah, yeah. And so um, moving, you know, kind of going that same vein, you discussed this a little bit earlier in the, in the conversation, you talked about wanting to like write a musical. Um, mm-hmm. So in addition to that, what other musical goals do you have, uh, music related goals do you have? Um, I am, so I, I did mention earlier that I just moved to a new place and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm actually not in Alabama anymore, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but I just moved to a new place and I'm, I'm looking to get involved in some open mics and try yeah. to find some opportunities for performance. Um, I kind of feel like, I kind of feel like I've been incubating long enough, if that makes sense. Like sure. I've been. I've been writing a lot of music and keeping it all to myself and I haven't really been sharing it with many people. Um, And I kind of feel like it's time to change that. Um, And, you know, I don't have any grand plans of like, you know, the voice stardom or anything like that. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter to me to get onto any sort of national stage, but I want to get to a point where at least, at least in my local areas, I can share, I want to be able to share my music and share it with the people around me and make a positive impact on the people mm-hmm. around me. And, you know, um, if money comes from it, hopefully it'll be enough to cover my next recording. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's kind of, that's kind of my hope is that like, maybe I can, maybe I can earn enough from each one to like record the next song and then record yeah. the next song and then record the next song. Um, 
because it does cost money to record most. I mean, not most of the time. I mean, it didn't cost me anything for the Patchwork Symphony, but y'all <laughs> have funds put into it, obviously. Sure. But, um, you know, it's it's like I, I want to I want to see. I, I, I'm, I'm ready to start putting some more things out there. I'm going to start putting some more um, some more of my original work on my YouTube channel. Um, and, um, some things like that and maybe some covers and things like that too. Um, but, uh, I'd like to start getting more of my original work out there. Um, and yeah, just all around, all around, I, I have sometimes too many interests for my own good. Sure. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so I, um, so I have like the singer songwriter stuff that I like to do. And then I want to write a musical. And then I'd like to, um, I, I recently joined the Episcopal church. And so I'd like to write some like liturgical music for the Episcopal mm-hmm. church and, you know, just different, different avenues and, and, you know, maybe writing some more um, music for the classical scene, um, mm-hmm. writing something for orchestra or writing something for more, quartets and quintets and things like that that uh, can be played on a classical stage so I have all these varied interests and I you know it's just a matter of how do I get all of those under the same umbrella (laughs) sure I mean and we want to hear it to be honest Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know definitely want to especially I mean I just I mean we need a Fincher family album (laughs) yeah your sister you said your sister um she does primarily piano right she does piano. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, I mean, um, again, you guys are all talented. We, we want to hear all of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I've been, my sister's in a duo um, with a violinist and I've been thinking about writing some stuff for them too. I'm just like, I'll have a, you know, built-in performers ready to go. That's it. Yeah. But, let's do it. You can't wait. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's great. Uh, well, again, best of luck. And then this is one of the beautiful aspects of Patrick Symphony too is I'm, I think a part of it came out of me wanting to meet people like you and to see the work that you're doing and, and, and to be a part of it in some way. Cause I just, it's, again, it's so inspiring. I left the recording session the other day and I was like, this is so fulfilling. Like I spent eight hours, like again, so for everybody to know, we spent roughly eight hours a day uh, each for each artist to record. Um, and it was such great work. And I, I mean, I felt that way. I hope you did, <laughs> you did too. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I think, it's it's been very rewarding for me to be able to connect with folks like you who are so gifted and talented who are doing this this good work this good musical work for um all of us to enjoy so i that's that's all i'll say on that (laughs) it was great uh but so in thinking even though you have left these last two questions um are questions that everyone who comes into the show Mm -hmm. they, they get asked and so um You've already talked a little bit about it, but how does Alabama inform or inspire your work? Is there you is there can you expound on that any more than you already have? Maybe, um, like specifically well, Alabama, yeah, specifically Alabama. Yeah. Um, well, that kind of ties back to my experience with the family reunions. Sure. Um, you know, because it it was mainly Alabama and Georgia artists who were coming, you know, coming together in the same family, and we mm-hmm. just you know, get together at, at, uh, at my great aunt's house. And she had a little, a little studio organ and she had a little piano and we would all just gather around and, 
and play together. Yeah. Um, that was a really great experience. Um, and I guess just other, like I've, so I guess confession time, I'm not a huge fan of like overly commercialized music. And oh, I like, sure. the, yeah. <laughs> I like the kind of down home, like, I think country can be overly commercialized sometimes, Sure. but I like bluegrass because it sounds a lot more like the kind of thing that we would play in our living room mm-hmm. um, with all of our family members together, you know, with the, with a mandolin and a guitar and a banjo and, you know, kind of bringing all that together. And so um, I don't know, just the different experiences that I've had performing with different people around around the state in my time, you know, living most of my time, you know, I've spent most of my life in Alabama. So Mm -hmm. um, just all of those experiences, um, mainly performing with other musicians and getting to, getting to hear what we create has been Mm -hmm. um, really influential for me. Yeah. And I think it's so important that we remember that because Alabama can get a lot of flack for, a lot of negative things or, you know, what have you, but it's so that we who are from the state and who have spent a lot of our time in the state, we know that it's a cultural treasure trove. There's a ton of mm-hmm. beautiful memories that we create here. Um, and a lot of incredible experiences. And, I mean, depending on how you package it, it's not a terrible place to grow up, <laughs> you know, like, I know, especially if you're like surrounded by, you know, beautiful folks like your, like our families. And I mean, obviously everybody's experience is different and it's not easy for everyone, but I mean, it, it can be kind of charmed in a lot of, in a lot of ways. And so I think you and I have a very similar experience uh, despite growing up on the opposite ends of the state. <laughs> well, you were, yeah. you weren't too far away, but um, yeah, but yeah, I, I hear you on that. It's a, it's a very easy place to be inspired by just like having those experiences here. So thank you for sharing that. Um, so to kind of just take us on out, I always, that's what we've kind of reflected a lot on our past and our past experiences with the state. So looking forward, what hope do you have for Alabama? I hope that, well, speaking, <laughs> there's a lot of things I hope for Alabama. Sure. <laughs> but, Speaking specifically to the musical future of Alabama, I hope I hope that we can, I hope that we can, you know, Alabama has shown the world that we have some various treasures. Like I know there's, you know, the Muscle Shoals and recording, mm-hmm. um, you know, and there have been several really great artists that have come from Alabama from various genres like jazz and, and rock and things like that. Um, but just, you know, even if it's not on a national stage, even if it's just in a regional mm-hmm. way, just to, just to show musically, show more of the world, like, hey, there's a lot of really great, there's a, a lot of really great music coming from Alabama, and there's a lot of really great talent coming from Alabama. And I think that the Higher Ground Society and the Patchwork Symphony Project is going to be one of those things that helps to showcase more of that. And um, I think that uh, is going, I think that's gonna be a really great catalyst for my hope for Alabama is that we can get more of the artists out there, get more people um, listening to music from Alabama. And and I'm excited to see like how that continues to grow. Absolutely, I can definitely second that <laughs> for sure. <laughs> 
I hope the same because again it is like I said it's so inspiring to experience that firsthand and I just want everybody else to experience the same thing it's, it's so many great people here doing incredible work um, in various sectors but especially the music side I mean I was sitting in a recording section the other day and the audio engineer was just throwing out these people that he's worked with and I was like this person's from Alabama this person's from Alabama yeah. and I had no idea and they sound incredible so yeah uh I, I hope the same too I hope people other people catch on to that to that wave as well Absolutely. yes well Emily you have been um a treasure and a treat to talk with thank you so much for your time is there anything else you'd like for the people to take away with them from this conversation um well, I guess if you want to find more of my music, you can look on um, look on YouTube. I don't know if you have if you can put links in. Pod- sure. I don't know much about podcasting, but yeah. <laughs> you can put links in the in the podcast interview. But um, mm-hmm. I, I would love to connect with people on YouTube or um, I don't use my Instagram that much, but I do have a Facebook page, mm-hmm. um, Emily Fincher Music and. Um, yeah, I, I would love to, if you've listened to these songs and you like them, I'd love to connect with you. I'd love to hear what you have enjoyed about them and, and share more of my stuff with you. Absolutely. Well, I don't doubt the people will be reaching out for sure. So make sure you engage and you listen and you follow Emily on her path uh, to, to bring more light uh, to our lives through her music. Thank you so much, Emily. Thank you. This is Emily Fincher, and here is my song, Little Bonsai Tree. I hope you enjoy. I don't want to be a little bonsai tree In a tiny little pot that always stifles me I want to grow tall on the side of a mountain Free Don't want to be water in a garden fountain Rather be crashing down the side of a mountain Never contained, never trapped, never tamed But free For freedom is all I've need And I will not care what other people think of me I won't be contained by their opinions of me Tower in a boat, I have power. Over.
kidding? Have I ever been that brave? I don't want to be a little bonsai tree in a tiny little pot that always stifles me. I've got to grow tall on the side of that mountain. That's a wrap on my conversation with Emily Fincher of Harvest Alabama. Emily is the third artist on the show from Higher Ground Society's flagship project, Patchwork Symphony, the Alabama compilation album. I hope you enjoyed her contribution to the album, Little Bonsai Tree, as well as her song from her earlier episode from this week, So Long. Thanks again, Emily, for your participation on the album and here on the Higher Ground Society podcast. If you haven't already, be sure to listen to the entire Patrick Symphony album project wherever you stream music. It's definitely a vibe that you don't want to miss. This episode featured intro music created by Jasmine Garfield of Artistic Intelligence in Birmingham and outro music by Alex Horn, also of Birmingham. Thanks again to the Alabama Humanities Alliance for their continued support of the Higher Ground Society podcast. Check out the great work that they're doing across the state at alabamahumanities.org. Finally, be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening to be notified for more conversations with Patchwork Symphony artists and other guests sprinkled throughout. Until next time, be easy.